Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the weekly podcast where we analyze uh, Wonder Woman by five minutes by five minutes. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I'm Johnny. You can find me on all social media at Austin Powers Minute. Hi, I'm Naomi. You can find me online at Icklenomi. Perfect. I think, guys, I think the video stuff might actually be a better. <laughs> I'm it's just like you were throwing it to us at yeah, the studio. Right? That was pretty good <laughs> on the cues. Uh, this week, today, and you know what? If you want to space it out, you can space it out. So this week, we're talking about minutes uh, 46 through 50 of the aforementioned Wonder Woman. Uh, and these minutes are going to start out um, with. Uh, General Ludendorff and uh, Dr. Morrow discussing some, you know, new plan that they got uh, that we learned about last week and everything. Uh, the minute's going to end with a great uh, couple montage. Well, it's not really a montage. Is it a montage? I think it's the start of a montage. Uh, dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. It's the makeover scene. Yeah, makeover. Yeah. Uh, we get some cool outfit changes. We're going to get it. We get one <coughs> cool outfit change this week. We're going to get some more. We get more. We get later, cool. but we get really. Cool. One, I I think it's uh, the first one's the best, dude. You kidding? <laughs> uh, that remains to be seen. Um, first is the worst. Uh, second is the best. Third's the one with the hairy chest. Man, we all know it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta catch up. You gotta you gotta keep up. It's been a while since I've had that. Yeah, right. Is that still? They still the kids are still saying that these days. No, they're saying uh, play Fortnite. Play oh, no. Fortnite. That's, that's been a while since I've heard play Fortnite, though. I feel like that's a couple years old now. I died. Yeah. Yeah. Fortnite's dead, guys. You heard it here first. Fortnite's not <laughs> dead, guys. It's going to make a big comeback just like Minecraft did. They're like all yeah, in like 20 years. No, 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 no. Now, I mean, all concerts. You didn't get the memo? All concerts oh, are moving. Oh, but Travis Scott, Travis Scott was, did you not see was it? flossing yeah. in Fortnite. Like, I don't know. It's pretty big. Big oh, no. big deal Again, it's just the twelve-year-olds. This is the media for the twelve-year-olds. Those guys realize that they said, "Hey, what if we, uh, you know, don't do the stage? Instead, make him bigger." And they were like, "Yeah, that works." And they're like, "Yeah, that works." <laughs> yeah. And why didn't cool. we think about this in 1972? <laughs> um, I think there's 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 a Spinal Tap joke in there somewhere, but I'm not gonna work it out, and I don't want to. It'll work itself out. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about, let's see, the first scene we're going to be talking about today. Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Naomi, for joining us today on Wonder Woman Minute. Um, uh, we, um, we were, um, what were we doing? I was talking to Scott Corelli and then, um, he mentioned you and we were like, I was looking at, um, Geek by Night had like this kind of like a, a reboot, I want to yes. say. Like, because he did Geek by Night before, and then it had like this revival, and so I was like, "Oh, we should get you on." Um, and so, um, thank you for joining us. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, happy to. Um, before we jump into today's minutes, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman in general. Um, you can talk about this film, or you could talk a little bit more, uh, like anything and all things Wonder Woman. But what are your thoughts on on the superhero? I mean, I, I enjoy Wonder Woman. I, I like what she stands for. Um, I 
I really like her theme when when I watched uh, Batman v Superman and and the theme came on. I think I was yeah. like, yes, good. I mean, I did, it's I didn't, very... I didn't hate that movie to to begin with, but like that enhanced my uh, enjoyment of it significantly. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it was like um, I think for me personally, Batman v Superman was my excuse to go see Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like every, you know, like I, I think the joke I always say was like everyone was like, you know, the marketing was either Team Batman or Team Superman. I was like, I'm Team Wonder Woman. I'm here to see her in this movie because she looks yeah. cool, um, and then she doesn't disappoint in that. Um, well, throughout the movie, she doesn't disappoint, but like her in that fight scene is like, wow. And not only do we get the introduction of Wonder Woman, but she's also going to be fighting this giant monster, and we get to see Diana do all these cool things, and then it's like now like if it's like you're so excited to see like her movie now and it's similar to uh they did the same thing in civil war with black panther when mm-hmm. they introduced black and spider-man panther, and you're like yeah and you're like i i want to see their movie like you kind of forget you know well i don't want to be insulting but like you don't forget the movie you're watching but you are kind of like that's all i can think about right now is that that character was in that yeah. movie and now i'm like excited to see that she definitely had an excellent entrance um still she has one of those best scenes in uh dawn of justice um when uh bruce approaches her at the uh museum with the sword of alexander that conversation they have with each other is oh (laughs) yeah that's that's almost like straight out of um just comic books or like even like an animated series like just Bruce and Diana having a conversation. Yeah, the dialogue, yeah, the dialogue between yeah. the two of them in that moment is just like, oh, this is, yeah, this is a movie. She's in it. Yeah, this these is two good. characters are here <laughs> now. They're, they're having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and so this movie, um, yay or nay for you, Naomi? I mean, we're open to all opinions, but yeah. So, so with this movie, like, I definitely like enjoy it and. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel things. I, I felt things, especially when I saw it in the cinema the first time, because <laughs> what's up? <laughs> We're in the 21st century. These movies have been going on for over a decade at this point, and yep. we're just not used to seeing women in the focal role, especially not women of color as well. Like, that's that's a big thing. Um, I do think it's, it's a really enjoyable film, but there are... It, it could be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, when I, w- I was rewatching it today to, to prepare. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized I don't think I've seen it since I watched it in the cinema, which is crazy to me because I could have sworn that I'd seen it several times, but I think I haven't seen it since it was in the cinema because there was so much stuff in it that I couldn't remember happening. Like I didn't remember them using slow motion that much. And then I watched it again and they use it a lot. There's so much slow motion in this film. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think we. I th- yeah, how many how many slow motion scenes have he's had? There's a bit in the the Themyscira battle in the the sand. Yeah. there was like at least like three or four because there was the training scenes and stuff. Oh, they do use every time she fights. Really there's slow motion. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> is that now? What kind of choice is that supposed to be made? Is that supposed now? Is that supposed to be like elegance to show off fighting or? I I think it's supposed to be comic booky because it's supposed to look like panels. It's supposed because to be cool. Put anything in slow motion is cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, they hadn't quite shot I, as much as they thought they had, so they thought they'd 
drag it out. out of- <laughs> yeah, that's, Hang that's on. unlikely. Well, but yeah, there's probably it was a stylistic choice, obviously. Um, yeah. But- yeah, no, it did start. I was like halfway through the movie, like, wow, I don't remember them using it this much. Mark, how much slow motion does uh, wow, snap? You can we can compare it too. So, uh, Donna Justice BVS doesn't use slow motion with Wonder Woman. I mean, I don't think her entrance, even when she jumps down, her entrance, I yeah. guess, Wonder Woman entrance. Uh, I don't think that's slow motion. It's just like a kind of like a pan up or. There's up. really, there's t- really t- no um, slow motion. Now, but uh, my question was, um, Sucker Punch, do they use slow motion? Yes, a lot. Oh, yeah. a lot. oh do yeah. they? Uh, dang, I see. That's what I was gonna I, be like. D- was that like a thing from like Snyder or whoever is director of photography? What Larry Font? No, that was in Dawn of Justice. No, well, not in this one. Uh, no, Matt that's J- why I was. Yeah, that's why I was uh, questioning. <laughs> no, so I I literally just because I the other day I realized I'd never seen the director's cut of Sucker Punch, and I didn't know that was a thing uh, until I like looked at um, HBO and HBO now has like if you go to like their special features. I thought you it, had I thought you had a DVD of it. I do. I own it. I own the director's <laughs> cut, and I've never seen it. I, I remember you opening up a big bin of DVDs, and Sucker Punch was like right on top, and I was like, I didn't know yeah, you had Sucker Punch. But I had been putting in the version that was a theatrical version, so nice. I had never seen it. And like apparently the the director's cut is how. Um, Sweet Pea uses the sword that she has that you never see her use. Apparently, she uses it in the director's cut. Um, Why did they cut that? And the, yeah, Come and on. then there's uh, questions more. for other time. I know, I know. Uh, you know, the um, Amber uses the rabbit robot more. Uh, okay. But the moral of the story is there's a crap ton of slow motion in that movie. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, that was the other film that had done kind of like World War One. Yeah. Before it became a thing to yeah. do World War One stuff um and then there's we'll, we'll get into it later but there's another thing about world war one that comes up later when wonder woman takes that photograph in this film but anyways um a lot of slow motion a lot of slow motion sucker punch a lot of slow motion here there's a director's cut everyone look out for that i don't know uh <laughs> and so. i guess i never really realized how much slow motion is in this movie but now that you said it i'm ta- i'm thinking about it and i'm like oh yeah which Weird. Uh, now now <laughs> were we were we what's uh is that just a bad consensus or is it just like one of those things that it's just we notice like oh well there's a lot of slow motion i think it's i think there's times where it needs to be slow motion you know there's times where um when wonder woman is in no man's land and she's deflecting that first bullet and you get those particle effects off that off that gauntlet well like i, I guess when beautiful- it comes to a bullet you should probably you like, slow it down. if if no, you're trying you to make to. something well yeah you don't have to but if you're trying to make something like stylistically I don't the, know the, thi- the, uh, the next... thing with the, with the slow motion for me is that again yeah as you say like it, it's entirely necessary sometimes but then I felt a little bit like because they used it so much it took away from those moments a bit like mm-hmm, if they had mm-hmm. conserved the effect for like one or two then it would have more of an impact because by the time it got to like the ending bits I was like okay like because they use it in a, a few different yeah moments i remember the ending being very um like i remember the slow motion in the end being like yeah it's, i think it's probably because like up, because you'd seen it a few yeah, times by that i've seen it too many times she's like up in the air and it's like a big like you know aha moment uh don't even start singing uh <laughs> but like it's like slow motion 
And I think it was, yeah, I think it was like a little bit uh, used up at that moment. I was trying to think of um, like if there was uh, anything to compare it to going forward now, but don't even worry about it. Um, yeah, we'll, well, as we come up to it, we'll, yeah. I think we should just keep an eye on the slow motion meter. Yeah. Slow motion <laughs> ticker. Slow motion counter. Can we get the, we got video now, we can probably have a little ticker. <laughs> yeah. Are you recording like, video? Add it. No. Let's just add it here. <laughs> and another one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's jump into our first scene here. And the first scene uh, that we're going to be talking about is not about Wonder Woman, but it's going to be talking about her uh, complete opposite is uh, Dr. Maru, Dr. Poison. Um, and here she is. She's got uh, she's got writer's block. She doesn't know uh, what to do right now because she doesn't have her little green book. I, th- um, I think I think. I don't know if I don't. I mean, I guess she's the complete opposite in this context of this movie. She's not her complete opposite in general. Because if you want to get into it, because then you got to bring, like, the crime syndicate into this, Mike. And then you got uh, Mike, I called you Mike. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been doing this? <laughs> Who For are so you? Long. This is be- me, trying to p- <laughs> me trying to prove someone wrong it instantly. <laughs> yeah. Goes to Mike. You should have owned it like, like you'd meant to do that. Make it a power move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike's, but uh, <laughs> trusted uh, p- listeners will know Mike, our trusted producer who is always on the calls. Mike, how we doing? <laughs> Great. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> cool. S- uh, complete opposite in this movie, I guess. Because then, like, I don't know. I was thinking Cheetah. And then, like, it immediately went to uh, the crime syndicate lady. Yeah. I think that's. That's one of those things we talked about where it's like um, there's two different versions of the of the villain. There's the complete opposite of, and then there's the evil version of, and that's like now. General- are you splitting that between like like characteristically or morality? Like where? What do you mean by complete opposite and then evil version? Like I get between like a like a nega versus a. Okay, so like there's like a there's like a, a bizarro. We got to keep yes. it in the same wheelhouse. Bizarro or um, uh, Manchester Black? Okay, the, the easiest one, Nate. Um, Am I missing it completely? <laughs> yeah, it's General Zod and Lex Luthor because we already had those for Superman. It's their ideals yeah. are the same, but their execution is different. Okay. Yeah, Lex Luthor yeah. is a complete opposite of Superman in every way. And then General Zod is just evil Superman. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, um, there's, I'm sure there's, yeah, there's multiple different ways to do Batman, but for Wonder Woman, she's elegant, she's powerful, she's graceful, and Dr. Maru is not those things. She's She's powerful with her mind. Uh, (laughs) yeah, but then like, see, I'm noticing also as we, uh, watch this and break it down a little bit more as I'm seeing more of Dr. Maru, she's very like, um, unsure. Yeah. Very unsure. Skittish, not skittish, but whatever. She's she's closed uh, off. Yeah, whatever that shy or mm-hmm. unsh- lacks unsure. Confidence. You guys said unsure, lacks confidence, that kind of thing. So yeah, so definitely, so she is the complete opposite, not evil. Got it. Evil would yeah. be Ares because just he's the bad god, right? Yeah, that would uh, yeah te- that would technically be the the evil Wonder Woman of this film. I guess would be like I don't know. M- most good action movies have like a two villain archetype. They have 
the one that you're constantly focused on and then the one that shows up towards the end and it's like the mastermind the puppet master of the entire red herring yeah something like that you know you got your Darth Vader and you got your Emperor Palpatine that's how it works right um and so yeah it was a little bad but should I just stay with um the Sheev man so I do want to I do want to say one thing um in this uh, in this moment uh -hmm. as Dr. Morrow is showing General Ludendorff, uh, this new uh, smelling salt that she got. I, I have it written down here as God gas. God, oh. God gas? Is that what it is? No, that's just what that's I called what, it in my head. Oh, that's what you, that's what you wrote, God <laughs> gas. Perfect. I like that one better. We're going to, I'm going to write that one down too because we're going to stick I was like, with you know, because they were trying to make you believe that he was a godlike, keep, keep right? Going. Like, yeah, yeah. So making him godlike with this little canister of gas. Yeah, Which I also, God I found guess. it hilarious that she just like opened it straight in his face. Like did she, she only heard, thought about it right before. So it's untested, right? This is, so. the, this is my point. <laughs> Stop. It's just so the line of, <laughs> the line of dialogue says that she just made, like came up with this yesterday and she's got a gosh dang like case of vials, glass vials yeah. that are like, there's like metal urgy like on like the tip like they're like <laughs> th- like they're they're iron worked like these things were crafted now i don't know the manufacturing capabilities in turkey in 1918 they could have had an incredible workforce i don't know but <laughs> if you tell me that you know 24 hours if not 18 hours before you just completed this thing and it's done and like you have this many if you can grab like a handful of these vials and say yeah like at that nonchalant you got mass production by that point that doesn't happen in a day how did she get all these vials you made it you made it through clinical trials yeah. well let's, like- <laughs> let's she's an evil doctor so let's go with like she's not really i mean the tests that she has been doing have been on the soldiers that we saw on like you know a couple weeks ago i get you know that. what nate we're yeah. missing it we're missing the whole point she tested it on herself and she manufactured that by herself she used the oh, god yeah. gas to like superpower herself and then like just and like pump just did the out. whole thing oh man it's a one-woman show like she just like crushed up a bunch of adderall and sort of, like, <laughs> all right she said, this is it i figured it yeah. out <laughs> if i take the adderall like i can make ball. more adderall speedball through these god god gases <laughs> see what well, i was in my brain i was like she hasn't tested this yet this is the test in that moment, yeah. he opens it in his face. I'm like, can you imagine if she'd done that and he just died on the spot? Yeah. Or, or maybe they I both mean, would have died. Like, they're not exactly PPE'd up in there, are they? Like, it's just like, it's just releasing a gas yeah. into the room. Yeah. I mean, she's like, I, I don't know. if. Can you get contact God? Oh. Can you go contact God? Contact God. <laughs> just a little bit of God as a treat. Yeah. This is um, good. Um, These are the important questions I need to know. Because yeah. when I when I see like the energy, I'm like, oh, there's times in my life when I need that. <laughs> like truly, maybe not the super strength, but like okay, just, what? Just the energy. No, like if okay, so if you're you've not slept, yeah, and you're like, yeah, let's do this. And I don't know if the I don't option know if... is, <laughs> and the option is, you can either be really awake, like you just had a great <laughs> espresso. Espresso, 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 I think, right? 
S. Here we go. Uh, you like you just had a good espresso, or you can have both espresso, and you can lift a car. You can be an ant for a couple <laughs> hours, like equivalent. <laughs> uh, I'm choosing that one. You can be. I mean, like it's a it's a situational type uh, feeling about that because uh, there are certain instances where super strength would be. Not possible, well, yeah, like I, I mean, like. don't like hug your cat for a little bit oh, or no. something oh like God, that. No, <laughs> that's yeah, in, that's one of them. My first thought was like, okay, don't pet Cal. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll he's, crush he's all right on his own. He'll understand. Um, yeah. So anyway, so she like, and these were, these are straight. This is a good question, Nate. Let's go to the computer. When <laughs> were Smelling salts invented. Oh, like a long time ago. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, just in another the, invention in, of World War One. Holy cannoli! In, no, in the 14th century, the Canterbury Tales. Uh, they, there's a guy in the Canterbury Tales that uses smelling salts. So, old old. Mm. Ch- uh, so, like, revive people or to stop you from feeling nauseous and. What was his name? Chaucer, right? Jeffrey Chaucer. Yeah. Jeffrey Chaucer. The character from A Knight's Tale. I mean, the literary genius, whatever. No, yeah, uh, Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh, wait, no. That name. No, it was, uh, well, who was the guy? The the dude, the scraggly dude from uh, Mad Max. Is that the same guy? No. What was the scraggly guy that played Jeffrey Chaucer in A Knight's Tale? Paul Bettany. What was his name? Paul Bettany. There you go. Paul Bettany. He, was, he wasn't in Mad Max. Are you thinking no, of Nicholas Holt? Yeah. Nicholas Holt. He was an X-Men. He was That's Beast. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different property. It's like connect the web. Mm-hmm. Who hasn't been a superhero now? Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Give me a role. Crap. I'm like, jeez. Um, I'm even in a series about superheroes, and I don't get to be one. So with advocate for superheroes for Naomi. <laughs> this, is, this is my platform. This is, God. is that it? It's like you always I always just revert to, to Kennedy oh when I have to go when I have to go presidential. <laughs> I have to go I have to go presidential. That's your executive order. Everybody's a superhero. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, Everybody gets superpowers. It's uh, just sky high, or like, isn't it? Yeah. That's Oh no, then I don't want a crappy power. Oh well come on. There's not that movie. That guy turns into a guinea pig. Yeah, that movie really did did people <laughs> dirty. That's not fair. That's like um, that that uh, getting superpowers in that movie was like playing like an old computer game that just like randomly generated something for you. Like those, uh, you just got you just got bad powers, bro. Yeah, well, happens. Okay. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, but I mean. What I mean doesn't that I don't know. Uh, you try to make the best of the. It out of makes the worst it more realistic. Right? Not everybody's gonna have a cool power, but like I don't want to turn into a guinea pig. Now and this I is also like, don't want to turn into a puddle of myself. It's like the form of a bucket. Yeah, form hang on. of a puddle of water. No, wait. W- Wonder twins are yeah. good in their own right. They yeah, come they in handy. <laughs> Wonder Wonder like, twins. Yeah, but he. Can but the, be the male decent. wonder twin was always a useless object or now how how are you gonna get if, how are you gonna get the fire out if you can't get the water uh to, to the fire you can't you, he can't be the water to put the fire out then he's gonna but the question I don't remains, know if he goes into like elemental state changes that's if 
he turns into water and pours into her bucket. One, who's carrying the bucket. Two, you're the throwing monkey. a human being on fire. He's dying. He yeah. died. So <laughs> he's not. He died. So he's he's bucket. He's not water. No, he's no, he's bucket. water. No, he's Wait. bucket. He's inanimate objects. I can't, can't remember his name. I'd be getting my. I'd be getting a spank on my little bottom if I was still working <laughs> at that comic book store and I couldn't figure out the Wonder Twins names right now. My old boss like loved the Wonder Twins and like that whole like Legion stuff. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there you go. Some people do like Wonder Twins. Uh, they're uh, that's why I'm saying they're good in their own right. It's a niche um, audience. Niche audience. Um, so I mean, speaking of wanting to be superheroes, um, uh, Ludendorff he turns into solids, liquids, and gases. He is the water. Okay, moving on. Sorry. Yeah. There you go. Oh, did you look it up? He yes. does. He does states states of. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jaina Jaina turns into animals. His, um, yeah. Her name is Jaina. What is his name? Uh, J- uh, Jason. Zan. Oh, I was gonna say Zan. Star Wars, but no, they're from they're from like the twenty fourth century or some crap. Aren't they? Aren't they legionaries? Legionnaires? Legionnaires? Legionnaires. Legionnaire. Anyways. Get back to me later. It doesn't matter. (laughs) No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. The people need to know. This Um, is now a Wonder Twins podcast. Welcome. It's not Wonder Woman Minute. It is now Wonder Twins Minute. Welcome to the show. Wonder Twins cast. Sorry. Man, if you pulled that on me. I'd be. It's probably be a, an April Fool's joke that we sorely we missed out on. Yeah. Mark, we <laughs> missed. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, why aren't we doing the? Why can't? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the twenty fifth, Mark. You're twenty four days late. Yeah, I'm twenty four days late. How'd you bungle this one? How'd you? You messed it up. I done goofed. I'm sorry, guys. That was a good one. Um, sorry, I got really into uh, <laughs> I got really into smelling salts for a moment there because that's what I was looking for. You can just hear the click um, clack of the keyboard, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Salts. When did they? Okay. Do you really eat somebody's face? Yeah. If you smell <laughs> bath, that's salts, bath salts, the attack of in Miami, like what, yeah, 2010 or something. Bath salts, 17th century. Yeah. Um, um. So she did really just make this into a a bath salt, like so, uh, so, not a bath salt, so smelling salt. <laughs> yeah, and, and what just, I want to just chill out in a bath full of god juice. <laughs> she, oh, now <laughs> here we go. So they had so uh, Kirk was in Chris Pine was in <laughs> the uh, in the pool earlier in the, uh, in, the, in, the <laughs> in the in the in the show. <laughs> that could have been uh, God b- uh, bath salt water. It's like got so they got like some weird Themyscarian. Now listen, guys, have you have you heard about We're going the on a journey? Salt? The Epsom <laughs> salt they have on Themyscira is out of this world. You're talking uh, about the the infirmary thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the healing pools. pools. Yeah, it's like some of that water. Why wasn't that in slow motion? Hey, now we're talking. Yeah. The more important parts. Uh, so with uh, Ludendorff here, uh, he, he so he wants to be a superhero. He um, has a I was going to say he has a lot of faith uh, in Dr. Mar, which is a strangely weird thing. So um, 
if as we all know, uh, Ludendorff, uh, real real historical character, mm-hmm. um, the only one really in this movie. So he's the he's this guy who believes in. Uh, we just learned this term, or it's been more popular now, but sustainable war. He believes in you know wars like. A constant, a thing. constant thing for yeah, it's yeah. an, econ- an ac- economic yeah. Uh, sustainability. Yeah, so he's not the best person, to put it lightly, but he doesn't come across as abusive to Doctor Mar, which he's is still a, creepy though. It's a very weird thing. It is a very weird moment because normally you have to be like normally when it comes to bad guys and like their. Uh, I don't want to say henchmen or like their lackey. underlings. Yeah, it's usually like um, like I'm the superior one and I'm going to not really be nice to you at all. But here he's like, I don't believe in that book. I believe in you, and I believe like like what that's he's, psychological he's, he's, manipulation. Like, yeah, well, that's what just, I'm thinking. Is it just, just being manipulative? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely, completely. Yeah. 100%. The way that he strokes that little porcelain mask uh, thing and it makes uh, that awful noise. I'm like, oh, listen. Oh, I thought that was a cool sound. Yeah, it's a great For sound. For Foley work, I was like, I like, I like the as, sound as, of that. As, 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 a, as oh, an audience member. Yeah. 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 You're like, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, I, like, I understand it from like a creative standpoint why they did it. That doesn't mean <laughs> it's not an awful noise because it's what it stands for as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like porcelain sound of porcelain when they put like uh like the the fo- the uh, the foley for like uh like cinder blocks moving on top like uh, whatever just like big rocks together they character in Teen Titans cinder block in the old Teen Titans animated mm-hmm. every time he moved and had like a voice dialogue whatever there was an underlying like just rocks scraping next it was it's some of the best foley sound you'll ever hear I'm telling you. And yeah, like, just, like texture touching and things like that, uh, it's just great. Oh, a, yeah. That's Nate's ASMR. So it is a, yeah, it is definitely a creepy thing. <laughs> yeah, but yes, ASMR wise, I thought that was a really cool effect, a really cool little detail. I, to me, it's like completely overshadowed by the creepy hand movement, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, thinking that's ob- obviously if it's you've, supposed to be very uh, uncomfortable. If you've ever had like somebody do an inappropriate gesture towards you. I'm not even going to put it only on females. Like anybody can get an inappropriate gesture done to them or towards them. It's just like, it makes like a chill run up your spine and you're like, I don't, I don't get me out of the situation. And that's what I think about there. But like, you can see how psychologically manipulated she is going like, Oh, he appreciates me. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yes, it's every, even worse. Every word is so calculated. The whole, like, it is you I believe in. I'm like, I'm like, oof. Okay, laying it on a little bit thick, but... Yeah. Like, it's um, so... Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, it's all good. I was going to say, like, it, it's really also... For me, it's it's kind of setting in um, uh, the, the character model of her being um, not... Uh, just I, again, closed off like that. Like, uh, she, I mean, she's susceptible, susceptible to, jeez, mess that up, <laughs> <laughs> to Ludendorff, like, um, doing the face and like, uh, you know, coaxing her into to talk, just sweet talking kind of thing almost. Um, she's not the only one. Uh, Kurt, Chris, Chris Pine, Pine. <laughs> Steve, Steve Trevor. Steve. <laughs> 
Steve Trevor. You keep uh, calling him his Star Trek name. You gotta cut I that keep out. Ca- <laughs> it goes directly to Kirk, and it's like it's just pivot. Very bad. It's Steve Trevor. We were calling him Steve Trevor the entire time in Suicide Squad. Why didn't we have Steve Trevor? Anyway, Rick Flag. I think it's like <laughs> the ki- I think it's like the end of like Rick Flag, and it's like that's what I'm leaning on to. It doesn't matter. Um, so Steve, Steve Trevor yeah. also does it to her, and she again is like. Uh, okay, yeah, let's, uh, she's very, uh, accepting of, uh, I guess, attention, it's, or wh- it's, it's, it's what is it? It's that thing where, where people, if you're treated with derision your entire life, like, mm-hmm. or like, especially because she, also, they picked one of the most attractive women to play her, mm-hmm. like, oh, look, she's so disfigured, but also what you can see is, like, really pretty, um, mm-hmm. but oh, because she has this facial disfigurement, you know, it's like no one's nice to her or like that sort of thing. So like the the second someone shows interest, it's like oh, I want to believe this so bad that yes, I will do anything for you. I yeah. think is that what they're going for, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think what what Steve Trevor and Ludendorff are doing specifically is they're they're manipulating her by by supporting her passion for destruction they're not so much being like like trying to woo her in any way but they're trying to be like oh i i love the destruction that you create and she's like i love the destruction i create and it's like so she buys into that she's like oh you you, this is really cool right and they're like yeah it's really cool and then so she's like okay so you're but the best uh the best manipulation has a hint of truth to it that they... Truth for both of you. Oh yeah, because it's like a buy-in at that point that you're so, like you're in this wheel of manipulation. I mean, now. and yeah, that's what Ludendorff wants. Mm-hmm. He is he, he he enjoys what she creates, but he doesn't. He enjoys it for his his goals for continuing this war, um, um, and so yeah, that's she she says that 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 God gas like came to her, yeah. Uh, last night like I, I don't remember if she said it, like in a dream no but like it just came to her last night um and that's also when i was dreaming when i wrote this god <laughs> gas if it sounds too bad something like that and that's when so when ludendorff is having his his uh, super soldier serum moment um this this note blows across the the table a bunch of notes but this one specifically she picks out uh she had already written it i guess i got it and then uh i uh, was dreaming when i wrote this forgive me if this batch is bad because she's making a batch of god gas that's good (laughs) i like that one right we got something (laughs) rest in peace prince love you um so I guess maybe this one too. This God gas was also another. If spoiler, she probably alert. had it halfway there. Yeah, if Aries is going around influencing people's decisions, then this is probably also like. Yeah, no, he was probably there from the beginning. Because I mean, like, if this is, we're we're also seeing the in this minute the or in this span the last part that she needs, mm-hmm. which was always on her table, crumpled up. As if she did it within the past ten hours. It's uh, on her Godbender. 
So you think she just like crashed here in she the had like of a, the scene? She just had like a fever dream and then did a bunch of stuff. I yeah. always picture that that one uh, scene from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie Wait. has all yeah. <laughs> the cork it's like we got we got video listen audio medium but i just had to do the two arms <laughs> yeah the crazy crazy charlie uh connecting the yarn and everything like that that's yarn i'd use i learned that like this past year that like the thing on uh like you know the boards that yeah. they use the pictures of the crime scene and stuff that was yarn what yeah, string isn't string isn't thick enough well I guess it depends on what kind of string you have. Uh, and then it gets to a point, like, at what okay, point is string... this isn't Mouse string... Hunt Minute. Let's... let's <laughs> what point is does string turn into yarn? Well, it's like thread. Thread is small. Okay, a th- you got thread singular. Thread, it's like... Grouping of thread is... A spool? Um, I guess, but I think that is universal. I wonder if there's different names for like a uh, like rope, like th- woven rope, uh, wicker. Welcome back ni- to textiles minute. <laughs> nylon. Uh, what's some other things? We're gonna need it for when we talk about Silk. the lasso. <laughs> you know, let's ask. Let's ask our resident spider. Hey, uh, spider, Mr. Legs, and Mrs. Legs. Uh, how do you guys uh, w- weave your <laughs> webs? Jeez. All right, we're done. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you okay? You no. okay? <laughs> I think I just this had a stroke. <laughs> this is what happens when you, you practice isolation from the outside world. <laughs> I, I haven't to talked to people in a while. <laughs> I'll, I'll so. also put it out there that if people have heard other podcasts I've guested on, they do tend to derail a lot because okay. I get random thoughts too, which leads to so other people here. having random thoughts. Hey, we're in good company then. Please don't give him any more random <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> no, okay. We're not so even to Steve and Diana yet, so like, there's plenty of time. We're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna hop skip here in a mo- in a moment, but uh, just to I guess we should save it because she um, she does um, you know that that gets explained later with with Aries, but um, she just we get that we get a really comic book moment from her where she says, and if I if it is what I think it is, it's going to be terrible, terrible, and so. Uh, I'm a f- I'm a fan of it. I'm you know when when it comes to comic book movies, we gotta be you know kind you're of we gotta be aware of what they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're a fan of the line delivery and everything like that. Yeah, I think absolutely. Staring into the camera, you know, a lot of these things are like as far as like cinema goes. Like you can be a little bit like you know it's a little bit yeah you know rough, but I, I um, think it's supposed to be, and I think it's I, I'm okay with it. Now she. I was trying. I was gonna get really technical and to try to find like. Uh, I was trying to pinpoint their accents, the actors' accents, and everything like that. <laughs> that would have been fun. But General Ludendorff, the real man, was uh, from Prussia, so I'm assuming uh, this is a Prussian accent. Uh, I know it's a little bit different from like a like. Dusseldorf accent, yeah. which is like what my German teacher was. So like I know that. Um and like her accent as well is I don't know I don't I was gonna look up Dr. Morrow, but I'm just gonna assume that she's German. Yeah, I never and really it's probably questioned not her accent yeah. just because most of the time I'm just listening to like yeah. how damaged it is that I don't focus on the accent. How damaged really... her voice is? 
or like how wispy, you know? Yeah, how how like broken it is because she's speaking through the uh, Phantom of the Opera. Well, the yeah. actress um, is, is Spanish. Yeah, there she's Joe as well. But I'm not sure. Like, yeah, it c- could be like a uh, Deanna Troy thing with a made-up accent. Yeah. Um, but I do like her voice. I like that. I like how she. I th- uh, so like uh, compared to accents. Character. Compa- comparing accents, I like hers better than Ludendorff's. I'll tell you that much. Um, I was doing a bit with Mike where we were doing like, uh, just like German people against Indiana Jones. <laughs> And we were getting, like, really, I guess, like, uh, I don't know, Hollywood with it. It sounded very, it didn't sound German at all, you know. It got it's to like a, point a caricature of very what you would expect. So. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's what I was expecting um, when, like, you know, you have, like, characters like Ludendorff uh, being portrayed in... Like uh, uh, German militaristic roles, it's like I was expecting to be that caricature of a German military officer. But the fact that if like his accent is a little bit different, and if he's going, if if that is like a Prussian dialect, awesome, I'm right there with it. Yeah, there's um, I mean, obviously because it's a, um, again, it's this is one of those movies that instead of doing, um. Again, because it's a comic book movie, it's a family movie, you need everyone to understand it, or really you just need Americans to understand it, which is the more (laughs) shameful part, um, is that everyone has accents instead of speaking in their native tongues. And so um, we have, you have Ludendorff, who's the main character. What a movie that would be if everybody just spoke their natural language. Uh, Tekken, the video game, does it. Yeah, but that's if a weird everybody one. spoke their natural language. So, what like, uh, what like char- the character was supposed to be like? So, when the scenes with Mara and Ludendorff, they would speak German. Oh, as if like a universal translator just wasn't an option. Then mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. they do that in episodes of Star Trek. Sure. The only time you get to see different languages is when she speaks with. Um, um, just totally forgot his name. Um, we'll see him in the in the speakeasy. They have like the little exchange. Oh yeah. Languages. Um, but, um, with Ludendorff, he's a main character, so not only does he need to have a German accent, but he also, or Prussian accent, mm-hmm. but he needs to have an accent that's diluted enough for you to understand what he's saying without there being like, uh, oh, his accent's too thick, you know, like, so that's when act, act, accent coaches, uh, like they have to like make you dialect coaches balance that between what is truly authentic and what is like yeah hey we need to understand it exactly clearly. exactly um and so um i i you know we're like what is it in two weeks from now we're gonna get like dr maru ludendorff and like this german council they have a conversation that's when you really start to hear all these different german accents going about and that's when you can start to notice like a a more thicker german like like you said dusseldorf accent um but uh, that's pretty much it for for this scene i don't know if we have any any other notes on the table before we move on that was unintentional about the notes um (laughs) i guess so so this is uh this is the finished project uh, product of the god gas right that we're seeing for him, yes, and then she, him. Y- for his his god gas thing or like her 
she's she finally got the notes for um her what is what is the what is what is the note that she finds because like for the she, poison so she's do, she's doing two she's got two pro, she's yeah. got two projects on her plate right now right she's got god gas and then like uh death gas for just the world mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. when you have a, a deadline but then you decide to start a whole other project because I'd you don't want to do that one project yep oh deadline who, d- who would do that <laughs> i thought you said dead lime and i thought you're gonna go with uh <laughs> like cutting a new lime oh no that's part of the ingredient you need dead limes i don't i don't know i don't anyways uh, potpourri maybe yeah that's what she's making potpourri so it's, it's so deadly it <laughs> destroys yeah. half the country i'm making yeah cheese <laughs> write that um, one down but uh, so here we are. Uh, we're going to now jump into our next scene. Our next scene is going to be Diana waking up in that boat that she sailed across in that green screen room. Uh, but now this time, and um, a little behind the scenes, this is the f- this time they actually did take the boat out into a real location. They actually put it on a. Let me see here. They put it on a barge. We'll take the boat the, out into the Thames River uh, next to. Um, uh, what is this bridge called again? I just had it written down and I forgot. Oh, Power is this bridge? really? This is so <laughs> like the shot of her at the at the bow is like a real. That's real. That's not green screen. Maybe yeah, some. It's I mean, Obvi- yeah, obviously the industrial is green screen, but the bridge, the 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 facing the facade is real. Yeah. So as in like last week, they you know when they're out at sea. Uh, mm-hmm. That that is just the boat, yeah, and yeah, yeah, a yeah, studio. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But this, they were like, they put it on a barge and they put it out in the Thames River, and then um, they did effects with it after. So, the, like the shot I'm looking at specifically is, I guess, at one one twenty eight, one thirty. Um, yes, with Diana at the front. Yeah, yeah. That's a real yeah. bridge. That's real. We got real and bridges, baby. And <laughs> then they had to uh, digitally digitally recolor the bridge because it got painted. In mm-hmm. the '70s, they got painted in '77. They got like painted like red, white, hey, and blue. Hey, someone! Hey, someone calls uh, Sam Porter because we we got a we got a bridge on our hands. Oh my god! So. Huh? Niche Death Stranding joke. I'm here for it. Yeah, you only got one person with that. Nate. How you I feeling? Got the one. That's um, it's all right if you just get the one. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, here we are in a uh, 19. 19- Tens version of of London. What do you think if you were riding that boat? This is a, I'm throwing the question out generally. Mm-hmm. And you saw this scene. This is what you woke up to. How would you feel personally? I would feel disgusted at the amount of industry pollution, but like that's just me. Okay, so this is you from 2020 waking up in 19. 19- no, it's me as Diana waking up from I just left actual paradise. Well, I mean, yeah, you're like this is this is a hellhole. What the hell is what's going on here? <laughs> this is what hell looks like. Why yeah. does the air taste like this? Yeah, are you, are Why you can Quran? I see it? That's like what she was. She's like, this is this is sticks. She's looking at the water, lady. She's just going down. <laughs> um, no, so I don't know. Yeah, it would be obviously complete culture shock, which it is for the next the remainder of this uh, minute. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I'd be feeling all these things that, uh, Diane is feeling and it's gross. It's ugly. And that's why the line is what, yeah, it's not for everyone. That's, uh, I mean, Hey, 
hey, America, <laughs> you're not doing any better <laughs> no, in no. nineteen in nineteen tens, okay? Huh? What yeah. do you what do you got? You got uh that Gatsby guy, was he around then? I don't think so. Child labor. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you got kids in coal mines. That's not cool. I, Summer I mean, of monkeys. The UK did have those things too. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put okay. that out there. <laughs> um, we were just as awful. We're just smaller, so it's all concentrated in one area. There's the only difference is that now America can just say that they're a separate entity. That's the only difference. Um, Stupid. <laughs> Take us back. So a little. Uh, <laughs> You really? don't want you don't want the I don't know if you see as much of our news as we see of yours, but you don't want that either. And We're yeah, both in a very everybody, big crap screwed. boat. Yep. Everybody's and we screwed. don't have any paddles. It's yeah. very annoying. Yeah. Everybody's screwed. Yeah. Um for most of you, we apologize for whatever you see. Um but a, a little production notes uh, about about this big scene there. This Hit new me with chapter it. that we're in yeah. is Diana in London. And so f- first things first is um, obviously it's 1910s World War One London. But also, again, they wanted it to be. Um, it's got it's I think. Did we did we set a date? I don't I don't know if I wrote it down or not. Did we set a date of when this is actually happening? Because we were because uh, the boat. Oh man, we did set a date because of the boat sank. Oh yeah, the boat. The boat. I can't remember what that boat was. The um, boat from the from the island that, that the boat that, that made capsized. it to Themyscira was a real boat, and it actually sank. So we were like pinpointing. I mean, at least I was trying to pinpoint. He was doing it as he does. Nate's trying to find Themyscira. He's trying to find Themyscira. I like. mean, you're not gonna find it. It's hidden. Yeah. <laughs> hey. If Nathan Drake could find the lost city of uh, Shambhala, I was hoping he would Shambhala? use that. Shambhala, uh, Shambhala, Atlantis guy. What Atlantis? Oh. Miles. Bill Paxton. No. <laughs> oh. No. No, that's the Titanic documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic true story. We found the far- heart of the ocean. I'm Bill Paxton. I'm gonna look for Atlantis. There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's how it happened. Bill Paxton. Jack they couldn't find the bow of the ship, but they found Atlantis. That's how it works. Jack wasn't real. He was just in Rose's imagination as her uh, idea to cope with depression. You could be on to something we wouldn't know. That's actually a theory. No, it's not. Yes, it is, it Jack. Is. I've, I've heard that before. That's I've a real that thing. Theory. And it's what? supposed to, and you it's supposed to give you... Un- it's <laughs> suppo- like the movie is directly supposed to give you doubt as to whether or not Jack was real or not. Yeah, you don't watch enough uh, Titanic documentaries. Yeah, I don't watch enough Titanic. I, you know, the two VHS tapes was enough. I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, but anyways, so uh, yeah, not only is it World War One London, but it's also a Wonder Woman comic book film. So uh, yeah, there is supposed to be a, a stylized take on all this. So uh, do take it with a, a grain of salt. Um, what do you now, mean? Well. So, um, to be a little bit more specific, the, the, uh, instead of using like really like concept arts for some of these, um, some of these people that you see when, when we get to London, um, they, they used a World War One photographer or portrait painter to be more specific. Uh, his name was, uh, Sir John, uh, John Sargent. Um, and he, his name is John Sargent. Yeah, John Sargent. 
And um, he did a lot of these World War One portrait paintings, and they use that as kind of like an influence of, you know, kind of like how they wanted to do like what's known as like three-quarter lighting. So they didn't really want to use any backlighting or highlight lighting. Um, they wanted to really play with like the 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 blacks and like the shadows as as a form of color in this kind mm-hmm. of world because it is supposed to be a culture shock for Diana. This is supposed to be a complete 180 of going know, from we, we mascara left, color, yeah. Yeah, we left a woman's world and now we're in man's world and man's world sucks. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. Tell it's, me about it. <laughs> it's it's hideous. But at the same time, this preach, is the, baby. This is the stylized take that we're taking for uh, World War One London. So it may not be completely accurate, um, which I'll probably I don't know. Now we have any comments on 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 World War One London here, but um, I will tell you I wasn't around then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they were like, we want to use those portrait paintings as kind of like our concept art into how we want it to look and how we want it to feel for um for diana being in this world and then the other thing was that the cinematographer talked about how they used wider lenses in this in this scene because it's not really about diana because like when you look at the themiscara scenes there's a lot of like more close-up shots on diana because this is our first wonder woman film and we want to really focus on her and, and her her family and her friends and all that. This is her in London. And so the, the bigger picture is that it's it's London with, with Wonder Woman in it. And so that they use these wider lenses to really capture the area and then have them in it more so. Because so it, it's get... not her world. So she's, yeah. it's not about her. It has to yeah. encompass like, you know, the figure and then the surrounding, you know, this is what she's living in. This is, a, it's, a, again, culture shock is definitely the main thing that comes to mind right now. Um, and, I mean, can you imagine, like, uh, just, like, seeing, uh, going back to, like, the just, like, industrialness of everything, uh, that type of, just, like, people, I don't know, because, like, think about, like, what Diana was used to on Themyscira, where it was, like, you know, training, um, maybe walking down the market or something, uh, th- that types of things. But then there's all these people that are just like out, uh, in a street. That's like a big thing. I think they didn't really have streets in Themyscira, right? They had paths. They also no s- have like no streets, no roads. <laughs> Themyscira famous for no roads, guys. Good good luck getting anywhere. What? <laughs> Were you going to say something? I, every time I, the, it's probably going to catapult the conversation like Let's do it. further into this. Not, not about no roads. Um, no roads. But no where roads. am I going? We don't need roads. Sorry. Yeah, that's what. No, yeah. it's oh. just, hey. it's the if you're paths headed to in Themyscira. my mind. It's fine. So every time I watch this particular section of, it's like this half of, these minutes i think about and i guess it's because i watched it when i was a kid um the second lesser seen pocahontas movie oh okay i've never seen that one. Oh um, yeah the one where she goes to london 
Yeah. Yeah, and she's and in she the dress married. with the collar. Yeah, and she's got the, the collar all the way up with the things. Of course, it's like Disney stylized. Like, oh, oh, yeah. But then there's like this section where she actually does come to London for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel because she steps off the boat. And everybody, the difference here is nobody's really staring at Diana. Oh, they're staring. But like when she's like, hey, powerful lady, I'm going to not dress like you kind of thing. Sure. But like. She gets catcalled in this minute. Because she's not wearing any clothes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this is, it's, she still can assimilate in. I mean, they to a certain sh- degree. Yeah. I mean, because they show other people of color in the scene as well, like so you yeah. can see people like it's not just an entirely white landscape as opposed to like, exactly. Pocahontas, where she was like, "Oh my gosh, look at this!" The only quote, unquote, person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just, um, I guess the the one parallel that really like stands out the most, like identical, is the feeling to change the woman in the scenes. So. Uh, like, John Rolfe, which is the man who brought her over in the movie, um, was um, it's that whole like let's bring you, let's get you clothes, let's get you changed, let's assimilate you into the culture of being here. Yeah. It's the same context of Steve Trevor going like let's get you some different clothes. Yeah, um, literally a direct comparison. Yeah, let's assimilate you into our culture not stand out which i get that in this context of war is a little bit <laughs> in the, in the more context advantageous of, yeah, it's because he's a spy as well so his first yeah. like thought is yeah. we need to completely blend in and not draw any attention to yeah. ourselves yeah so should we be uh, i know we i was gonna say we have to look at it at both ways like yeah you can go with like that spy explanation but really i think it's like the bigger thing is like uh, appropriating culture um, specifically from Steve Trevor's point of view, from this, you know, m- white bread man. Uh, white bread. <laughs> and what's, Especially what's, American. I was going to say, what's really funny yeah. is the fact that it is an American yeah. in the UK, so it's not even his culture, because, you know, even back then, like, like fashion and culture in the United Kingdom was different mm-hmm. from in the, in, in the States. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's just that's that's why I look at it from a spy perspective rather than yeah. the other way. And trust me, I look at it the other way a lot. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, <what's> no. Up? <laughs> um, but like, I mean, like, think about it the other way. Uh, I, you can also I can make this argument for both franchises and movies. So, um, James well, the Bond. The Pocahontas one is just problematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just straight that's racism. Problematic. That's complete. Yeah, that's just that's like racism. nothing else. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is this is uh, and misogyny. Flip- yeah, this is flipping <laughs> yeah. the American over uh, to to uh, British uh, espionage. Um, James Bond uh, doesn't uh, when he you know Bond girls don't have to go incognito. You know that's not like a thing. He's not trying to hide a Bond girl uh, specifically in. Uh, I think the world is not enough. That might be the one um, where he's going around with the girl. Um, but also Halle Berry was in, um, gosh, I'm forgetting the names of these things. But the, the, the point is that the Bond girls aren't uh, culturally appropriated if he's going or changing scenes or changing environments or anything like that. Um, th- th- so there's that kind of thing. But uh, wasn't, <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like the writing or whatever, but. Jason Bourne, another uh, 
espionage, but he's American espionage. That first movie does have him with a female co-star, and they do the whole change our hair color kind of thing. But like that's like oh let's you know be in hiding. But I I don't think Jason Bourne changes his appearance. I think he maybe he shaves his head. She dyes her hair black. Like. I've never seen these movies, so I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm not as familiar with them. Okay, well <laughs> then, hey, all my all my all my born heads and my and my and my Bond babies, uh, bond get at babies. me. I think that's also a thing. So, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was obviously like the writing or the type of story or anything like that. But that idea of taking a female character in uh, trying to, you know, that is picked picked out of one place and placed in somewhere else and trying to disguise or hide or anything like that from a male's perspective like it is seen a lot in uh like i guess american things yeah like uh, man from uncle a couple few years ago yeah maybe they had that exactly. whole scene it doesn't have to match um sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that's a then that was a big thing in man from uncle in that thing and uh, obviously it was you know that show was in the 60s and stuff like that but again it's just yowza baby I, I guess what really, like, triggered it is probably, like, uh, Etta Candy's dialogue as they're walking through. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, it sent me a little bit of, like, her trying to, in a weird roundabout way, catch Wonder Woman or Diana up to female standards of the time mm-hmm. or like uh the constructs that women have to live within yeah mm-hmm. because when she's like uh uh why would you want to hide your tummy and then yeah. etta candy's like uh that's a, from a woman who doesn't have a tummy yeah, it's like, only and a woman with a flat tummy would ask that yeah <laughs> it's it's just kind of like you're it's a it's it's bizarro world to me you're taking this woman who has no social constructs of like what somebody else's ideal of beauty is yeah and you're trying to fit her into a society that creates those social constructs of what the ideal version of beauty is Mm -hmm. and it's like my brain does the jigsaw puzzle pieces don't yeah they don't meet and it just kind of like i have to error message my brain for a second i think what's most important is that for for me and i still feel this way is when I watch this scene, when I watch this movie, I'm still focused on Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman being like, oh, a baby, oh, like, oh, That's you, you need to hold hands. Like, like, I'm still, she's still the center of attention, which I think is important because it's not, um, it's not like the, the other versions of Wonder Woman where they wanted it to be like Steve Trevor being like, like, this is how you need to act, this is how you need to be. I mean, yes, he is saying that in this, in this movie, but it's, it's it's like he's saying it and it's white noise to her because she's sees a baby because she sees people holding hands she sees this world and she's so like awestruck about it it's us watching her be awestruck while he's trying to be like please don't do that let's mm-hmm. let's go get changed and it's like i think that's the best way that it was directed is that she's still it, it's still that you are experiencing it through her eyes and not just you're not experiencing it experiencing it as steve trevor saying this is what you need to do. This is yeah. how it works. Like, it's please like, don't it's, ever not, do that. Yeah, you're not seeing it from the third person. Yeah, uh, and you're not seeing down. it as like what he's saying is gospel. Exactly. Which, exactly. This is a comic book movie. A lot of you know, there are things that, as a comic book movie, there is like a message you give out, and this is definitely not. It's directed to not be that. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's what he's saying doesn't really matter because that's not 
how you should live your life. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, so I think, I think it's important that they, that they direct it in, in that way that you can perceive it that way. I honestly, um, I think that this, this scene, like, um, that the two of them, Steve, Stephen, Stephen, Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman here <laughs> standing like with the baby, uh, that whole part. Yeah. Maybe it's his full name. Um, I, I, I feel like this, uh, could have been like a good, uh, like screen test for the two of them. Like this is like the the two of them acting together right here is very uh, intense, emotional. She's like embracing Steve Trevor very closely. Um, uh, you know, obviously she's like the only other contact that she's had other than everybody on Themyscira, and now she's in a world full of people, and she's still clearly focused on him. Um, but like the two of them walking and arguing about like the war and everything, and Diana being focused at the same time distracted so much about this baby uh it, it just feels like something that was it's just good acting you know it feels like <laughs> it like it could have been a screen test kind of thing to me um but man th- that I mean, it really doesn't even feel like a screen test because that ca- it just seems like them yeah like it's like it's like you didn't have to even screen test the two characters because like you like they already worked I just like that seeing it right here it feels like it just fits. I think this scene right here is my favorite Steve Trevor Wonder Woman moment. Um I do get emotional at the end. That is it bums me out. But uh I think this this thing right here is like her specifically with them her being so frustrated about them not being, you know, at the war and then mm-hmm. her immediately diverting to like, you know, oh a baby. It's a baby. It's yeah. Wonder Woman. She's That's never great. seen a baby before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you think she no. has? No, she was the youngest that? on. No. She was the youngest person. Oh on yeah, she was the like yeah. yeah. So she's never seen one before. That's, That's why she's true. so like enamored. Like Steve was the first man she ever saw. That baby's the first baby she's ever seen. Of course, she wants to go in and, and hug. Were there no? There were pick no. Up someone else's baby. There were no babies on. <laughs> there were no kids on Themyscira. No, she was no the babies. youngest. That's that's why there was so much focus when when she was a child character. Everyone was like, "Oh, hey, they, like they they knew exactly who it was, if only because she was so short." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just... probably only read about babies in books. Yep. And in the flash, here it is, crying on the street. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna continue with. Uh, I thought you were gonna continue the list with books. You say <laughs> what, what else? What else she got? Scrolls, maybe. It's um, <laughs> got some stone tablets and. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, there's a there's maybe a little bit of uh, information. Something about um, I think Ludendorff actually put an order to uh, bomb the Library of Alexandria. Was that a thing? Maybe that was in World War Two. You you have to uh, research that and get back to me. No, I'm not. Know, well, I don't know anything about that. I'll. I mean, yeah, I'll I probably know bring the Library of Alexandria, but I don't know. If um, um, I really don't know any anything uh, regarding uh, the, sh- the military strategy of World War One. I. I don't. Oh, apparently this Ludendorff guy was like top build, yo. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I know he can. Sh- he was that guy, but I don't know. You know what? I don't know what the you don't know what they lines are? were. What L- I, Luftwaffen was? I only like know that. about the Ottoman Empire from Lawrence of Arabia. That's Hell yeah, all dude. I really okay. know about. Hell yeah, and re- and Battlefield. I, we played a couple Battlefield games. Yeah, but I know Lawrence of Arabia, to me, like, explained what was... What going. was happening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Lawrence of Arabia, 
Arabia to me was like, here's uh, the issue here. You know, God, you I the love Empire. that movie so much. But like that movie, you can get you can be like, oh, I understand what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, not I mean, I haven't seen 1917. So maybe that uh, better explains things. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. I haven't seen that movie either. But like in this film, they're, you know, Steve Trevor's like, OK, we're going to go to the war now. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know where who is and 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 what the strategy of where what. Do you not pay attention in history class? I was like, do you guys not learn about the First World War? Uh, no, that's actually not like driven down. At least it's in public school in uh, Florida. You re- I guess. Really I guess. I guess the extent of what you get is we came in and we saved the day. Is that um, pretty much right? You, we, get, we, get, uh, we get. We get. We get. <laughs> oh, I guess war. I guess I, to me it's a little bit different because I took AP yeah, European you took, history. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We're <laughs> so thinking like just like we're thinking just like like grammar and 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 uh, like middle school, whatever that one is. Um, yeah, no, we get a little bit about World War One. We get doughboys. Uh, we get that they wore white belts. That was a thing that they definitely drove down, like the white belts. It's just you make okay. sure you know terif- <laughs> American school is yeah. terrifying. Make sure I'll put you it know the way. make sure you know the freaking attire of these guys, and that they had a whistle. The whistle was a big deal. It's, it's um, always it's always fascinated me though the difference between because obviously both the U.S. and the U.K. were in both of those wars on the same sides, <laughs> um, but and I I there was such a different experience from a civilian perspective because. In Europe and like the UK, not that UK is not in Europe, but you know, yeah. uh, constantly separate ourselves for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're, like comp- we're directly, that. directly affected each time. So I guess it's yeah, it's odd. Just the the idea that that people in the just living in the states regularly who weren't drafted or didn't sign up to a war wouldn't experience it on the same or wouldn't understand it on the same level so when their soldiers came home they wouldn't necessarily yeah yeah i I guess you're 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 so far removed from the fighting like the the physical nature of it that like so it's hard to comprehend like what people Mm -hmm. went over especially given that like especially y'all were completely just bombarded with propaganda and it's just like oh look look at the good old boys just saving the day and punching hitler in the face and look what all the good we're doing Give us I mean, more money yeah. for war bonds. Bonds. Yeah, that's buns. that's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. war war bonds. Uh, you know, but that's exactly what it. I mean, was especially here. And then, like, even with our teaching, me growing up, Mark, you know, Johnny probably as well. Back in like middle school and stuff, you get like the little bit World War One, and then you jump into World War Two, and then they teach you World War Two hard. Oh, like yeah, you really learn about the Holocaust yeah. in American school mm-hmm. in public yeah, school. Like, like that's it's, like, uh, but like. And it's a and gratuitous amount of time very spent gratuitous on that. Gratuitous and like yeah. it, it, it could now. The only not time saying you really that focused it's not on World War One in America was when you learned about the advancement of technology. You know, this guy put a machine gun on his plane that was revolutionary. Yeah, biplanes, but like gas, it's really tanks. just like industrialism. It's <laughs> it's really it's wrapped up like World War One is talk talk is it's wrapped so up small. in industrialism. Uh, in, see, yeah, uh, we spent a lot of time on like the the literature the poetry that came out of the trenches and just oh, yeah. the effect it no. had nope. on europe uh, and nope <laughs> you we can, had to learn that we, after the fact no, we, i don't even know it. if i ever learned about uh world war one poets 
I highly recommend looking into them. It'll open your... I can't believe it's been over 100 years since the yeah. f- fin- finishing of the First yeah. World War at this point. I mean, we were talking about that in what? I think like the first or second week of this podcast where like we had the realization. It was like, oh, this is yep. 100 years ago. Like th- we mm-hmm. got to... And then that's when the whole time frame and everything came into play. But... Yeah. Um, but also, like that's... Uh, you know, we're just now getting into into these world war one films because it probably because america doesn't america care. just like just does like it female it's superhero like a films. Th- they're just late to the party on being like hey this could make money i think yeah. i think it's because they were like oh we've milked world war Two enough yeah oh yeah where what, what other wars what, do we have what else can we <laughs> yeah. really like build ourselves up on because we're ashamed of the vietnam war and we've oh, we've done we've As done world be. war Two. yeah World War One, anyone? We we did good in that. We were on the good side. Let's do it. Uh huh. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, maybe it does lead back to just like I'm trying to be uh, like American propaganda in Hollywood and the film industry and stuff like that, where you can't just like. I mean, maybe. I wonder I if they were like, well, there aren't that many uh, stories where Americans were helpful in world war one so we just don't tell those helpful stories. period yeah um, yeah exactly. it's also because the first world war is a lot more depressing in yeah. nature in just generality oh i mean yeah because i've seen a whole bunch of world war one stuff I, I don't know if it's just not found its way across the pond but like um, possibly like i know oh god what was it called there was there was like a horror movie with jamie bell over a decade ago, it was when I was still in school. It was set during World War One. It was like a horror movie in the trenches. It's I can remember it being like it's a good. It was a good movie, but it was like awful. Mm. But the, I want to I want to check it out. That sounds really um, Australia. Sounds but the best, uh, no, <laughs> Australia is that a World War One movie? Right, Hugh Jackman. The love I have story. no idea. <laughs> I think that's a World War One movie. <laughs> but the the best the best thing to watch for World War One for me is Blackadder Goes Forth. Because what, what was it? Black Blackadder goes forth. So Blackadder was a TV series. I don't know if y'all have it over there at all. Um, but it's Rowan Atkinson um, created oh, it. Okay. It's got like Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, all those kind of guys. Is it a comedy? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's set um, that each season is set in a different <laughs> period of history. <laughs> the first you- season isn't necessarily great. <laughs> The second season. I, I know it's depressing, but here's a comedy you guys. I know. Oh like yeah. The, the question. But, but my the question. Is, it was like wh- I had to question oh, no, no. because of World War One. I. I was like, wait, they're making World War One comedies. <laughs> yes. So it's it's extremely poignant, and it's sort of it's which sounds so stupid because it, it's literally one of the most they like they do the most slapstick comedy type stuff. But I'm into I that. I hi- like the first season wasn't as good as the other ones. It was, but it was sort of finding its legs. It was more Shakespeare oriented. I think. I feel. I'm into that. Um. Then the second season was Elizabethan. So it has like mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. um, and like her like royal people and whatnot. The third one was Prince George, who was like the mad prince, um, played by Hugh Laurie. And then Blackadder Goes Forth, which was set in the trenches of the First World War. And it was just sort of because so much of life in the trenches was doing nothing and just being like knowing that someday they're going to make you go over the top and Get die. Yeah. Um, but no, I highly recommend that for just to wrote, find stuff I out I without, yeah. without being too bummed out because yeah. <laughs> you got to no, ease I, yourself into this stuff. 
uh, I, I guess because of our our um, lack of knowledge, it, World War One ignorance. Yeah, World War One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, both. Um, uh, World War One has been a lot more interesting to 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 Americans and to myself personally. I think it. I think it. I do want to learn more about it. Like, you know, ever since. And and I guess that's the thing with Wonder Woman, this movie, um, is that because it takes place in World War One, and because I wanted to go see a Wonder Woman movie because it's in World War One, I, I leave wanting to learn more about the war itself. Like I want to be able to go. We have plenty of World War Two museums in America, and I think, you know, I want to go to a World War One museum and learn more about like what's going on. Like why, you know, I I, I know we get like the cliff notes of it all. Um, and like the assassination and all that, but like with America, and I remember more specifically the last American history course I took in college was like it started in 1948, like, and it was like it just completely is like we're gonna start in 1948 and move to present, yeah, and like we're gonna start at the end of World War Two, like yeah, right where we were Oppenheimer and the bombing of Japan. And it's like, hey, nuclear energy. Wow, we invented that. And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're not even going to talk about <laughs> World War II itself. We're just going to talk about how we beat it. But it's <laughs> it's also like every, it, I guess, like, we don't, it, this is a weird, my brain's going again. This is a weird, like, thing that I'm thinking about of, of um, how you don't realize how, uh lacking your education system is until you start discussing it with uh people from other places mm -hmm. and it's also how education is the most powerful form of mm -hmm. propaganda absolutely oh, oh yeah Ooh. because it's the it's the purest it it seems it hits the purest citizens of your nation yeah right the people who are 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 in they need a strong foundation. They need to learn to be able to grow into an adult that's an informed member of society, right? So if you hit them right where it's initial that that's all starting, you're you're getting the purest form of propaganda. Yeah, that's. I mean, you, like, and also in America, we also have a thing of like lack of education, and then that that uh, the the propaganda there is that our divided country like can point and be like oh look you know these people in in our very own country are not as great as we are and it's because we don't give them the education that they need yeah. and it's like oh okay so and i guess stifling us bring it back full circle to wonder woman she's got all the education in the world she does but there's still an implicit bias within her of like like she's like yes, her form is love, right? Mm -hmm. um, she wants to accept all humankind, mm -hmm. right? But there's still like she carries around implicit biases about like obviously mm -hmm. a glaring one, Aries, and um, that he is always wrong. Well, because they didn't separate church and state in her education, <laughs> but. She's also a deity. I know. So. That's what, that was the joke. That was a joke. Mm. I like but her joke. Yeah. Despite all her education, she's still like, okay, so the pointy end of this sword goes into Aries, right? Yes. It, it's it's like a, she she's not she's not immune to the 
taking the ideals of her teachers i'll put it that way yeah because yeah. because the the her whole journey is essentially learning that not everything is completely black and white mm-hmm. because she's exactly. so laser focused on like well this is the only thing we have to do right because then everything will immediately stop which is right? what she's basically been taught aries yeah. is the form of all bad if we get rid of bad everything is good mm-hmm. yeah and then she also had like her 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 aunt and her mother two different ideologies uh, as far as like how to how to deal with it or don't deal with it or deal with it um i just i just had a realization too Mm -hmm. um so what johnny just said is that she has to learn and she does uh learn that you know not everything is black and white it isn't just good guy bad guy i'm a good god you're a bad god kind of thing right she has to learn that and she ends up doing that um but what's really cool is that when you look back at Dawn of Justice, um, that was exactly uh, Bruce Wayne's character. I mean, he was. Ju- he only saw things in black and white. And the fact that uh, Diana and Bruce have, like, form a relationship pretty much based on that and based on Bruce learning that same thing, like, in that moment as he's talking with Diane and stuff like that, the fact that they have like such a good compassion and friendship and partnership, I guess you could say in justice league um, was born from both of them realizing that, you know, thing isn't just black and white that you can't just go based off of what the propaganda is telling you and stuff like that. Um, I think that's really cool that, Hey, uh, again, it's just me advocating for a uh, wonder woman, Batman team. Yeah. They love each other. Diana Bruce. Team Diana and Bruce. <laughs> Wonder Bats, as they it's, call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's like they're you could tell the story of their their journey of finding the gray, uh, embracing the gray. I would say. Hey, hey! Didn't Batman already have gray on his outfit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, so I think uh, you know as we as we move in towards like the la- later half of of this five minutes, like uh, really the last minute. Yeah. Um, we get to our our new character here, Lucy Davis, Etta Candy. Uh, absolutely love this, and and I it's hard to it's hard to do sometimes, but here it's done, mm-hmm. and we, they also do it in Doom Patrol with Rita Farr's character. But best interpretation of the character thus far, um, I think they really I think they really bullseye. You know, they of course Etta Candy will be in the film. Oh, are we'll you see. saying uh, best interpretation of comic book to screen? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like like not only are you adapting the character from a comic book into you're a movie, giving them life, but you're doing an interpretation that, to me, is is the best that it can be. And you and she, you put Rita Far in there as well. Yeah, re, yeah, like because you had Elasta Elasta Woman in Doom Patrol, and then and and what they do with Rita Far in in the Doom Patrol show, it, to me, is like. Wow! Not only did you adapt the character, but now the character is is like one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and and it's a you know, uh, it's not something you expect to happen. Right, and it's uh, what they're doing with Edda here. Yeah, with Edda, it's it, it like not only is Lucy Davis comedy, like making the character sing, but also there's a lot of things that I think some people don't understand what's happening with Edda Candy, and this woman is. Uh, I want to say street smart in the sense of, of the political game. Like throughout this movie, Etta Candy will know 
where they are, how to contact people, how to, you know, get in contact with other people. Yeah. Like, so she, she was, she's maps. not, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but like, I really like that you brought up the contacting thing. Um, cause she's sitting there waiting for Steve Trevor. Uh, like, I guess there was like a, a, a telegram or some, a wire that came through yeah. and said like, okay, I'll be here at this thing. But like, um, going to your point about contacting and her knowing everything and everybody and stuff and that character model of just like this perfect i hate the word secretary and i think they do say something about her in this movie as well yeah, but that's like she's, yeah because she she does introduce herself as yeah, the secretary that's what she, i mean so like that's what we're gonna have to call her damn um it's 19 whatever and like the I, the fact that she can just get everything was phenomenal in my opinion i going back to your point mark it's like putting uh an identity to this character that was really only seen on pages before so yeah lively lively very lively yeah um yeah she, i i think uh she you know she's a secretary to to a spy and so it's like well how's she gonna like she's also a spy yeah yeah it's like she's not gonna have an office she's not gonna be waiting there you know they could if this movie was made by anyone else, she could have been just waiting at a secretary desk. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you walk in, she's just there. Like, oh, hi. Like, no, you're, you, the, you, like, you're, you're supporting this spy. How are you supposed to meet him? How are you supposed to know where he's going to be? Mm-hmm. She knows. She knows because that's her job and because she's good at it. And, like, like they just, they do everything right with her, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll pass it off to you guys. What do you, what do you guys think? I, I specifically love the way that she sort of presents herself as one thing, even though you can tell that there's a lot more going on underneath. Because, like, she cause she's obviously weaponizing her specific brand of femininity in order to get everything done, right? Like, because it's that it's that whole thing where if people see you as non-threatening, they just stop seeing you, so you can be there taking all of the notes. Yeah gathering all the information like because that'll be how she does it like if people don't look twice at her yeah i'm 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 convinced the only reason that when i know it's either your next one or the one after or something when diana goes into the cabinet meeting everything i'm I'm convinced the only reason they spot her is because she's beautiful in a conventional sense Mm -hmm. if 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 edward walked in they'd just be like oh it's a secretary she's just giving someone a note and then leaving they probably wouldn't have even registered that she was there yeah, absolutely. I think that's a. I think uh, in in a very weird, maybe insulting way, but the the notes for for Etta Candy's design was she's supposed to look like an antique stuffed couch. Yeah. Oh, and that's like, so sad. And, and, and so like it's um the uh oh boy it was <laughs> I was reading crap. I was reading the Wikipedia page and um like uh, her description was uh, Etta's appearance was a stark contrast to to the spelt wasp wasted women depicted oh in most God. comic books. I've never heard that term before, wasp, wasp wasted, wasted, but that is I can yeah, I get that. Yeah, you seen the movie Ants? <clears throat> yeah, baby. <laughs> Who's that JLo? <laughs> oh my God. That's Jennifer Lopez, right? As the Lady Ant and uh, Woody at God damn it with uh No, I think it Oh, as the wasp? No, Michelle not Rodriguez as the wasp. Is the other I was thinking Wait. Michelle Cameron Rodriguez. Diaz is the other end. No, who was, who was the, who was the, who was the, it doesn't matter. Jennifer Lopez. You're talking about Bugs Life? Nope, talking <laughs> about the one with Sylvester Stallone. 
It's Michelle. It's Michelle Rodriguez. Doesn't matter. Um, but a lot of <laughs> so Etta Candy's back in like Sensation Comics and stuff, um, like where she was created and everything. 1942 Sensation Comics number two. Um, a lot of her lines are like uh, candy puns. So that makes no. sense. Yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> it's a little bad. It's like uh, she's strong arming uh, like a cat fight or something, and Wonder Woman's like Etta, you're wonderful. And Etta says, sure I am. I owe all my success to Candy. That's one. Uh, okay. let, me th- let, me th- let me throw another <laughs> one at you. Uh, there's a creepy guy. Uh, big, big, big schnoz on this guy. Jeez, you should see the <laughs> nostrils on this. Jeez, man. He's got like a bowler cap, too. So this guy says, uh, you're so cute, Etta. It cuts off, and then the speech bubble for Etta starts... Don't try soft soap in me. You're not going to get to eat this box of candy up like you did the others. Ooh. She's holding like a box of uh, chocolates. <laughs> so, um, but you know her name is Etta Candy, and it goes uh, yeah, with the that. candy, right? Um, Ugh. I expect there to be like an ad at the end of the comic book that like advertises bubblegum like, or a, something, like a, a brand Probably. of bubblegum or something. I mean, I like wouldn't doubt it. Edda can- Edda's, Edda's, Edda's candy of the the week. Here's another one. Um, Wonder Woman speaking to Edda. You and your girls delivered the goods, Edda. Congratulations. What would I ever do without you, Edda? Woohoo! How can anybody do anything without candy? Which well, she's, she's not to wrong. Herself. Yeah, she's not wrong. <laughs> I've I've already eaten an entire bag of of uh, twelve bites today, so I completely understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, here I got another one for you. <laughs> yeah. I got I gotta lock you up, baby, <laughs> and get your. Oh, sorry, I've messed up the delivery. I gotta lock you up, baby, <laughs> and get myself some chocolate creams. Eek! No mercy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You gotta post these somewhere so we can see them physically. Really? There's just like why no, not? It's just leave them where you found yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> no, leave them. No. Um. I, d- I do love the 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 what was the, the the phrase that she used in the scene where she was conservative but not entirely unfun. I don't know why I get such a kick out of the word unfun used in that particular way, but man, I enjoyed it. I think all it's her dialogue is just on point. Like everything, yeah. she she delivers her lines with such excellence. It's it's great. She is really just like a breath of fresh oh. air in this movie. But uh, I mean, like compared to Wonder Woman, like that's saying a lot. Like if I mean, yeah, give me a give me an Edda scene. Lucy Davis is also in uh, Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's the yeah. yeah yeah she's the fun aunt. Yeah, she's a, <laughs> I'm cool aunt. Yeah, and when you said that, I was thinking like, oh yeah, it's like she really because Lucy Davis, she really taps into this like, like I'm a cool like cool I'm a cool mom. mom. Yeah, but then yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, wait a minute, she does that in yeah. another show. I was like, like, oh yeah, she's the, 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 Sabrina. The thing I always come back to with with Lucy Davis is Shaun of the Dead, where yeah. she's like giving yes. them the acting lesson. I'm like, yeah, gives me life every time. <sighs> yeah, she's such a good. Yeah. Absolutely, it's it's good to see her. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I I would love to see more Etta Candy. I don't know how they um, how they would pull that off. But uh, it's, it's one of those things I, w- I would love to see more. Isn't she? In, um, I'm pretty sure there was pictures, set photos of her in 1984, right? 
It would be cool to see. Um, I mean, like know, I don't know what they're doing in that movie. If it's a real witchcraft or something like that, but I thought <laughs> there was uh, at a candy set photos. I mean, they might be like one or two flashbacks or something. There's also, I mean, I don't know where the DC film slate is anymore, but there was the Spielberg Blackhawks movie that he was supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, um, dude. Uh, 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 Bloodshot was the last movie ever. Yeah, the last comic book movie. Nope, last movie ever. Bloodshot. Last movie ever. You can't go see any more movies. No more movies. No more. Nothing. (laughs) Well, I'm glad Bloodshot was the last movie to come out. Um, Yeah. But anyways, give me, give um, me a, ho- hook me up to a Vin Diesel IV, you know. Sa- uh, Samir was was supposed to be recasted in in, in Blackhawks, and Samir was the character's name I was trying to remember yeah. um, earlier for the the dialogue with with uh, Diana. But Samir was supposed to be in in Blackhawks because he's also in that in that comic book. And um, uh, if Spielberg does go ahead and do that DC Blackhawks movie, um, that would be a good excuse to have Eddie Candy back in there because that's another uh spy espionage type film yeah so it would be great to have her in there i know there was a end credit scene that was cut from this film we'll talk about it when we get to the end of uh, um end of this whole podcast journey but etta candy does have a uh, an end credit scene um that ties into justice league and yeah just all around like i said it's a great interpretation of, of the character and i think it really defines what what and Etta Candy is and, and and should be in terms of like, you know, when we tell Wonder Woman stories now, Etta Candy is a Wonder Woman, so she she's she does everything right to me, um, and I think I think Patty Jenkins really, you know, sealed the deal with her, um, but let's talk about this um, for for lack of better terms I don't know what to call it but a World War One Macy's. Um, <laughs> what what would be it in what would it be in um, London? I'm trying to th- think what it would be. I know the name of this place, but the problem is I never shopped there, so I don't um, want to just put it out there. I want to say I, Harrods. Harrods? Maybe. I don't. Yeah. So Harrods is a department store in yeah. Knightsbridge. I think that's probably it's probably something to, that's at least supposed to be like that. Um, where so they're specifically what they're in like the little th- Knights Bridge is that like the little ro- road street area that they're in right now? Like, oh, is it Knight, Knights Bridge is, is like an area, so it will be it'll be somewhere in central London because they did walk from Tower Bridge, right? Um, I'm trying to think because then they'll be near Westminster. If there's mm-hmm. oh, and I don't know, I don't know, maybe. I'm thinking with modern geography as well, so I'm, yeah. like, I'm trying to think like because if they've got important cabinet meetings, whether they they would actually be in Westminster or I think they are because Harrods is near there. Okay, so they're you you're saying that they're in Westminster. They'll be they'll be yeah. near Westminster because that's where all the government stuff is. Yeah, like that's where like Big Ben is right near there, and okay. they have like the. Um, I and that's where the, the there's places. no. You're fine. I'm I'm very. Uh, into uh, geography and location and stuff like that when it gets down to oh yeah breaking, t- breaking things down minute by minute so I mean, I'm very I, curious I, I'm gonna look into this um, when, when, when we got to the the second Thor movie oof I had I had 
angry thought every, everyone had angry thoughts who'd ever been to London about the directions that Thor was given on the train because they do not make any sense and he still gets to where he needs to be but that's a discussion for another place yeah <laughs> okay that's crazy because that's also that was the movie Patty Jenkins was supposed to do but she left it <laughs> maybe the directions would have been correct um, if she would have done that she said I I did not want to do that movie so she left it um, but um yeah so there uh, so uh, so if they're I'm looking uh, at a at like a map and stuff like that. Um, if is so if like Westminster is a government and stuff like that, the surrounding shopping areas would be what is that Victoria Victoria Street, Horse and Ferry so Horse Ferry. I'm trying to think where they would likely have come from, um, because they could have come via. Um, like the sort of Soho, um, Oxford Street type places where Covent Garden is. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where the. Th- <laughs> I I don't get very good marks in geography, so I'm not necessarily the best at this. You and me both, sisters. Oh yeah, right so Tower Tower Bridge, yeah, places like like Oxford Street and and Covent Garden are between Tower Bridge and Westminster, so it it wouldn't be unlikely that that would be the route they would take. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just reading some notes here. I mean, like, it's okay. People listen to this thing wait, at faster I see, speeds. I see. I see a poster here in the concept art. It says uh, Selfridges, um, but I don't know if that's a, a uh, name. That the, the Suffrages. That was the suffragette movement. So, uh, oh, like, like David Bowie with the city Suffrages. Okay. Wham, bam, yeah, because because that was that was right when they were they were trying to get the vote. Oh, okay. So the, yeah, that's, that's a what big the Suffrages mu- is. Yeah, there's a big uh, poster of that when they walk in. It says uh, suffra- uh, "Suffrages Home." Um, yeah, because because um, Etta references the suffragette movement when she talks about how they're going to get the vote. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, they're pr- they're probably um, if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, Premark, uh, Mayfair. <laughs> Carnaby? Is that like Primark? Primark? I was like, like I don't think they're at Primark. <laughs> no, I don't know. What Primark that is. is modern. Primark is, is like a really, really oh, that's, budget these are modern shops. Okay, shop. These are, yeah. Yeah. These are it's shops. It's like an it's like an H and M. Okay, but like it's way cheaper in that area. Those are on like Oxford Street. So yeah, like Oxford so Street like is definitely the shopping area of that. Yeah. Uh, of that thing. Okay, so let's go. I think there's a Harrods. But, but you know, I, you know, as you as you mentioned, like. The, I guess the more modern clothing stores that the the detail in, in this store here is that this was like one of the biggest things that they had to do for this movie was create this this massive set and they said this is probably the most challenging one for them because not only do they have to be like oh Wonder Woman is now in man's world and 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 she's experiencing all these this culture shock but also the store itself has to be fashion as they say and it's like this is new, new stuff. There's they have to. They, not only does the the set designers, set decorators, and costume designers have to come together for this store because there's clothing everywhere. They had to make so many shoes, different perfume boxes, everything that was not only in that time but also new at that time. 
And so Get like the newest season yeah. fashion. And like uh, and like all these dead animals, and you know, like they were big on like boxes wrapped around them and stuff like that. All these weird things. Um, and so like they have to make all that and 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 also be like, Oh, this is the this is not only is it a culture shock for, for her, but it's like for even for them, it's like this is the new stuff. This is the cool, like high stuff. So it's like it's a really challenging set in general because it's like, you know, who can really? It's imagine? fun to watch you talk about fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, what do you think? <laughs> uh, am I doing a great job? I'm 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 enthralled by it, but I think it's also terrible. What the fashion? <laughs> well, I you know I, I don't like uh, animals. Oh, oh, uh, oh you, yeah. you're thinking yes, fur yes. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, right? Yeah. I meant more of like the actual style, not the. Yeah wearing taxidermy yeah there's taxidermy all over the walls this place is crazy <laughs> um so i have a little bit about uh the first outfit that etta picks out or whomever picks out um for diana that she changes into um apparently uh this style is what um, was uh outdated by 1918 so they are saying that it is 1918 um because uh, I think there's a few things that actually solidify this, and I'm sure we're repeating ourselves by then, but I think the stuff with Ludendorff and um, the uh, Kaiserhalt, the battle that, like, st- like was his end, um, was in 1918. So, like, I think this movie is supposed to, like, be somewhat like that. But by 1918, um, styles had changed. Uh, what Diana is wearing, apparently, um, there's, like, a lot of ruffles and stuff on this dress, um, would have been outdated, and Etta. So nineteen seventeen. It's so nineteen fifteen, Johnny. Fifteen. So That's so out of style. It's so out of style. So nineteen and late. Are you kidding? Yeah, nineteen late. Uh, but they, but everybody was saying that Etta, Etta, what Etta was wearing, like the flat, um, uh, low lying uh, fabric, not roughly, not not big skirt, um, just like straight kind of was definitely what was popular and what people were wearing. I think what Diana, like, leaves the store in is more appropriate, yeah. but also I think that's, like, what uh, they were, they drew her as, I think, like, it, it's a comic book outfit. It doesn't, uh, there's a moment where she steps out with that dress, and there's there's two other ladies in, in, in the reflection of the mirror, mm-hmm. and they look more modernized than what she's wearing. She looks more... The ladies look like twenties, because it's like, um, yeah. it's almost like a uh, pencil, yeah, pencil skirt. Yeah, which is like it was a lot straighter, but ba- like by nineteen eighteen, everything was like, uh, like the fabrics were getting trimmed down, you know. So it, mobility. So is does what not Diana is wearing is is she wearing something that is dated in their in store? the first uh, outfit that she changes into one. the purple yeah. one? Yes, that is dated. That's a apparently a, th- a three-year-old outfit yeah so it's on clearance yeah <laughs> there's yeah. a war on <laughs> uh yeah because like what ed is showing like what's on the mannequin with the the fur or mink or whatever it is you know diana's also wearing fur too she comes from an island so that's like the she was also sleeping on a bull like you remember that come on yeah um, but you killed that animal that's sustainability <laughs> versus yeah. So sustainability and survival versus fashion yeah, different. As opposed true. to the culture where Absolutely. they only outlawed like fox hunting in my lifetime. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. If they even did that. That's crazy. I think they did. Um, I hope they did. I'm pretty sure they did. I remember there being a lot in the news and stuff, and we're all like, why do people, people can still do that? But yeah. Anyway, um, it's gross. It's definitely gross. Uh, Aren't they doing a Cruella de- DeVille movie? What? Aren't they doing that or something? Yeah, they are. They're doing a How are they going to pull that off? Well, know. she's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah I mean that's the whole out. point. That's yeah. <laughs> what do you we mean? We also had a movie. Yeah, but we also had a movie called Joker where everyone went. You know, sh- he's not really maybe, the bad. Maybe guy. they'll do like a Maleficent thing where they're like, yeah, see how she's she is she, bad, but also she's not that bad. It's not like we had to change plot points from the original movies or anything. It's fine. Wasn't the was end, the ex- Cruella, wait was the excuse animal fur trading? Yeah, I mean that should be. But was the excuse for Maleficent that she just, like, had her heart broken? That was it? I don't know. They were trying to, like, redeem her with, like, the stuff with Aurora as well. I'm like, listen, they didn't have a relationship. Don't try to spin it. Yeah. To me, to w- me, I'm like, if you want to do a villain apologist type thing and tell a different side of the story, the only way to do that and not have me think you're a hack is if you don't change details of the original story. Like, like Wicked, for example. They don't change mm-hmm. everything you see in The Wizard of Oz happens in Wicked, it's just from a different angle you see something different and it gives it different context. As opposed to Maleficent where they literally just changed plot points of things that actually happened in, in, in their own yeah, cartoon. Yeah. That's not smart to me. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's not what this is about. Give, give, <laughs> give him the old... I'll get down off my soapbox. Give, give him the old Obi-Wan Kenobi type of style of t- storytelling. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Disney films getting put through the ringer here um, today. Listen, I love Disney, but you've got to be smart. Should. But you've got to be smart. You've got to actually not treat your audience as stupid. Yeah. Um, man, can I get uh, can I get Steve Trevor's jacket, though? Like, r- r- a real talk? Yeah, talk about fashion. No, Seriously. I would, uh, the, 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 the outfit she leaves in, I would totally cosplay in that with the, the whole look with the shield and the sword. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, oh yeah, when she's like trying to go through the revolving door with. <laughs> oh, um, oh. oh uh, speaking of which, I guess we didn't mention um, as we as we wrap up here today. Um, but that I, I've noticed this guy before, like you know, even the very first time I saw the movie when he was at the revolving door, I was like, "Hey, wait a minute!" But I didn't notice him in this minute until now, or you know, oh, the guy who's who's following them. The sp- the, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, the- I like. I never saw him in that first street shot. I was like, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see him it's in a like couple of shots, w- yeah. I was like, there's that Waldo guy. He does a, f- yeah, they did, the, like, I think this time watching it as this clip, five-minute clip, I noticed um, uh, him lingering behind them was, like, a little bit longer. And I think when I was watching the movie, I didn't, like, I thought the scene transition was just them walking down the street, and it was just, you know, an extra coming into the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm... Yeah, I think this time is when I, I saw him on the wall. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that's in the streets that they have a tussle with." But um, yeah, I think the walking angle was like in my mind just like an exit. Now I actually realized it. Um, but he's and at the he revolving door at this point. Well, no, no, no. Oh, it's in the next. It's in the next minute. Okay, I was gonna say that is. Come on, they're just they're. She's trying but, trying uh, to get the movement in. Yeah, but like no. Um, He's he's made me aware of of things now. Where like now, when I see characters kind of doing that, I'm like, is this a, a very bad extra, or is this person onto something? And so now I question it a lot when people start doing that. Mm-hmm. But he was like the <laughs> first one, especially like the first time I saw the movie. I was like, that's a weird odd guy. And then it was like, oh wait a minute, 
he actually does something and that's not what i was expecting at all as opposed to when you're like oh here's a scene with like 17 extras and steve carell as one of the extras hmm yeah or like what is it in um i was watching birdman the other day and uh donald glover the child childish gambino was the drummer in in birdman and i have a good cameo and i literally was like wait a minute and i had to rewind it and i go what does he do playing drums? And that was it. And that was it. <laughs> Wait, in Birdman, he's in the he's the drummer when they do the the, the hallway when, when he passes the hallway. All the drummer transitions is childish Gambino. To be I fair, think. I think he, I don't. Know. Are if you I was sure? famous, that's what I do with my extra time. You looked. It I up. would just like moonlight places. <laughs> that was the first. I was literally watching the movie for the first time, and I hit pause on it. Yeah. To rewind and be like, that's. What's he doing? Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've paused that movie because that just sounds beep blasphemous. Sorry, I cursed. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We'll bleep it out. I mean, Um, what were you going to say now? Wasn't there like a, almost the entirety of like Coldplay in Game of Thrones or something during the Red Wedding? Uh, as the was band, there really? as the band, I think. As the band? I wouldn't put it past you at this point. Hang on. Let me see. I mean, Ed Do-do-do. Sheeran was in it, and the Always Sunny guys were Ed also. Well, also oh my that god, was, that one was distracting. That was distracting. Yeah. yeah, that was so distracting. It got. I mean, c- come on, let's be real. Game of Thrones got to be like a novelty or some bullcrap yeah. at the end. There, it was just like, okay, it's this very is very annoying. Like, yeah, uh, who was it? Game of Thrones Red Wedding cameo. I'm sure there was. Yeah, it was the, it was drum. It was the Coldplay's drummer. He was. He was. He was playing the drums at the Red Wedding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, there was you drums know? at the re- at the red I wedding. Mean, well, not not like a drum kit or anything. Just like, like a wedding just like music. A drum, <laughs> like because they because one of the things that tipped them off was the fact that they started playing the song, right? Reigns of Castamere. And it's got like some some drum in it. Oh, <laughs> and it yeah, was Coldplay's drum. So they had drums back then, Nate. I don't really remember. Uh... I'm it's sorry. Okay. I'm <laughs> looking the show. at um. I'm looking at the cast of Birdman because I honestly, <laughs> that's. Uh, kind of. I mean, it's it's like the little cameos that slip through, like the fact uh, was it in in Hot Fuzz, like you got Pete, Peter Jackson in there stabbing mm-hmm, stabbing him through the hand. Up. Love it. Yeah, everyone loves a good cameo. Um, so I think um, I think that's it for me. I don't know. Do you guys have Naomi? Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on, on today's um, episode before we wrap up? The last thing I wrote here was that Diana trying on clothes is me trying on clothes, except no one sees me do it. Because <laughs> you got to check check that that range of motion. You know, I sit like an idiot, so mm-hmm. like I need clothes that are going to accommodate that, as opposed to, oh, I hate restrictive clothes. Same. They just like, like, hey, women, don't you want a pencil skirt that goes down to your ankles so you can maybe slightly move your feet, shuffle very slowly. And you can get nowhere at any given time. You want to climb up some steps? Not in this skirt. One thing I've always, uh, uh, my question has always been, where where do, how do, where do you position that that slit in the skirt? Where, where does that go? Is that on the side? Is that in the back? Like, how do in, you... Most of the time in those that's in the back, in yeah, pencil, it's not helpful in a, at all. In a pencil skirt? It literally just so, helps you not split your skirt yeah. as you... Maybe sit down daintily. Yeah, yeah. You tuck your ankle which... behind the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You sit like a queen, <laughs> like Princess Diaries yeah. has taught you. Exactly. You don't. You don't cross your legs. You you you, you, t- you nestle your little ankle in there. Place your hands very daintily on top of your knee. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> well, I wish I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I couldn't. I can't. I can't add anything to yeah. that. Um, yeah, we can't comment. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Sorry, we flabbergasted you. It's okay. <laughs> we we buy jeans and that's it. Uh, I mean, same. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could buy jeans that were the semi semi helpful. I get one good pair of jeans, and then I mess up because I don't buy multiple pairs oh of God. that one pair of jeans every time. And then I, I never, I can never get the same pair twice. Yep. Even if I don't buy them at the same time. Because even even like I got like there was a perfect pair of jeans that I found on sale at Levi's or whatever. It fit me the mm. best. And then even buying that exact same cut. I, I was like, I know my size, I know the cut. This one, different material. Mm-hmm. So it was a different pair of jeans. Yep. Just, ah, yeah. oh, man. I buy jeans. The material and can really can really mess you up. And, like, I've I've bought jeans before. Where it's like, it could be just a totally different material as well. And I'm like, ah, I don't even feel like wearing these anymore. <laughs> like, um, Oh, yeah. I have, then, a, I have a problem with that with a, with a pair of pants I just bought a few months ago. They're like, it was, the, they were on the same gd rack same price <laughs> it's the same thing and like they're black pants uh low lighting in the h&m thanks so like i couldn't see that like the the hue of like the fabric was off just by like a little bit until i get home and realize that like the one that i bought has like polyester in it and that's just you know that's bad news bears right there and they just don't yeah. fit well Man, and then Nate's like, "What am I gonna do? Return this?" Well, like I already cut the tag off, and like, no, I can't. So, uh, they're getting cut. In, they're getting made in the shorts. Cut we in know the shorts. <laughs> pockets as well. That's a big one. Uh, jeans, oh, yeah, jeans that fit good. Pockets. Jeans that fit good that also have pockets that aren't fake, that's, fake drawn in ones. That's an anomaly. Drawn in ones. Do you guys is um so like pants when you can normally buy pants? Do your pockets usually get torn uh from like constant like you know putting the phone in or anything like that? Is yes. there a point? No, because our po- well mine no because my pockets aren't big enough to put anything in. Right. Did the, I the hear ones yes? Generally, the ones I have. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! What the heck is going on? And then and then other jeans, especially like the front pockets, it'll look like it has a pocket, but it's not a pocket. You got to put your hand there and you're like, I was lied to. Ooh, yes. April Fools, Mark. <laughs> they took a page out of your book. That's why if any any time someone like a girl compliments another girl and she's like, "Oh, I got to love your dress." The first thing a girl will do if it has pockets, look, it has pockets. Oh my god, where yep. did you get it? We're obsessed with pockets. Yeah. Just want to stop carrying forced- bags everywhere. Exactly, we're forced to carry purses as a form of carrying yeah. things except, where our pockets are in except i don't do purses because no so i end up carrying a backpack everywhere i go and then yeah. i look even more like a child than i already do i have one of those hype beast yeah. side bags that's things. me now all right i used to um i mean I, I don't really go out much anymore but like i used to wear a backpack <laughs> all the time do, my fun. backpack had everything in it and I, what's going out i don't know with this phenomenon <laughs> no one will ever know what that means anymore <laughs> But like uh, everything was in my backpack because I, I personally, wouldn't mind having uh, a purse because I don't want things in my pockets. I hate that feeling. Yeah, you always gave your shit to me. I'd be like, here, to can put I put in my bag? Your, can I put this in your purse? Like, I wouldn't mind. And then I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll wear it. Who cares? Yeah. And because I don't want the things in my pocket. I don't like. I hate the feeling of my wallet in my pocket. Oh, that's the worst. Like when I sit down, I think it's annoying. I've gotten uh, I've gotten into the the putting my phone in my back pocket to be honest with mm-hmm. you. It's so. it's only my phone that I put in my like trouser pockets. Yeah. Anything else it goes in like a jacket. If the jacket yeah. has pockets that are decent because again, they don't like putting 
pockets. Unless yeah. you get a jean jacket. Yeah, that's what I... Jean jackets have all the pockets. That's why I have so many denim jackets. I have a denim vest that I used to go out yes. in. Like, I used to take and go to, like, a bar. And people are like, what's... Are, why, why are you... Denim vests are not... And I'm like, it has 3,000 pockets. No one can steal anything yeah. from me because I'll punch him in the face. Oh, like <laughs> half, I spend half my life in overalls. Got that front pocket right there. Perfect. Take uh, overalls to Disney all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting out of this conversation is I can't wait for the fashion in Wonder Woman. Um, eight, which, which, which? 84. 80, 84, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing her in some... All the track suits. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking forward to her in something where, in a scene where she says, look, it has pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there might be. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool. I think that's, uh, I think that's going to be it for today. <laughs> we'll wrap up today, week 10 of Wonder Woman Minute. Naomi, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been absolutely hilarious. Um, but before we wrap up, you want to let everyone where they can find you out at and what you've been working on um sure so the thing that people can mostly find me on online work-wise uh, is over on duelinggenre.com there's a, a comedy drama series audio series called geek by night it's a fun time it's about superheroes you'll love it i'm scottish um and i think by by the time this comes out there should hopefully be online some uh, some script readings again with dueling genre um beyond that you can find me catch me on twitter and instagram at ickle know me sometimes i tweet amusing things sometimes i'm salty but you know you get the full range of emotions i tr i do my best to please yeah absolutely i think um uh, if it's still out there dueling john will have done a, a, a script reading of uh, scott's work uh, the other mm -hmm. side of, of solitary yep yep which uh he he let me read a while ago and uh, absolutely if you yes i am uh, ellie in that reading so yeah check it out absolutely awesome all right guys we're gonna wrap up here for today but if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dc eu minutes or the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you can join us guests who have been on the show and listeners who also listen to the show to talk about today's minutes or any other minutes that you're catching up on and if you want to help support us we got some cool merch on our t public site where you can buy t-shirts stickers you can buy uh, merchandise for this show or austin powers minute which johnny does um and uh you can also go check out austin powers minute because you wrapped up two films you're going to start gold member sometime soon hey yo yep Nate's already picked his minutes. Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I got you covered. So uh, join us to talk about all that stuff, and we will catch you guys next week for minutes number 51 through 55 of Wonder Woman.